Hey, what's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike here. And recently I had the privilege of being on Stephen Pope, aka my Amazon guy, uh, on his YouTube Live. And it was really fantastic. I believe he cross streams it on LinkedIn and as well as YouTube and probably a few other places. Uh, he's one of, I think, the sharpest people in the Amazon marketing space. Uh, so I am privileged to call this guy a friend a business acquaintance as well as a client. Um, so we had a really great rapid fire Q&A session on Amazon PPC. I hope you enjoy it. Have a good one. And I'll see you next week here on the PPC Den podcast. Have a good one. Welcome. Happy Thursday. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. I'm joined today by Michael Erickson, uh, founder of Ad Badger. Welcome to the show. Steven, it is always great to be here. So before we talk PPC, we're going to talk a couple minutes about culture. Um, so I am in the process of trying to get my own mascot animal going here. Michael has had years on me uh, to find the right spirit animal in the form of a badger. And so, uh, Michael, <laughs> I want to ask you, how did you choose the badger? Okay, well, this is a... Long story, but it all <laughs> it all started with um, the Badger Don't Give an F meme video from like 10 years ago. I remember watching that years and years and years ago, and it planted the seed in my head. So when it came time to come up with a name for Ad Badger, I had a Google Doc with like 100 different ideas, and a lot of them were like animal themed. And believe it or not, the one that I picked, the one that I thought was best, was add rabbit because it's like quick, right? It's like quick yep. goes, get stuff done. Um, but then I uh, couldn't get the domain. So I was like, wait a second. But it was a blessing in disguise because add badger is way better than it add is better. rabbit. Yeah, by far. So I'm so happy that we landed on this animal that comes with a lot of tenacity, for ferocity and intelligence, sharp, cunning. We say rip your bad A cost to shreds a lot. So um, it made total sense to go with the badger. Couldn't be happier. Well, you got to take down that cobra uh, down in the Amazon jungle, right? That's so, right. <laughs> um, so, so the animal that I have been toying with now, now mind you, the difference between Michael and me, right? Michael had the animal picked out before he even launched. Yeah. And I'm three years in to my organization and I'm just figuring out what animal I want. Mm -hmm. Right. So right now you get my logo with some, you know, obviously we grow sales faster. That's kind of our thing. Um, but, but I, I really like hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. And last year I, I put out some hummingbird fe feeders and I've been watching them all, all summer long. Oh, yeah, I know, I know you've done this. Yeah. Yeah. I've even taken pictures. Like it's like one of my things. And so what I realized over the last year is that my number one unique skill was iteration. And what better of an animal than a hummingbird that flaps its wings faster than I, you know, than a heartbeat. And 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 the really cool thing about about hummingbirds is they also kind of have some of that attitude that ad you know the badgers mm -hmm. have. They they joust. They freaking yeah. joust with each other. Right? Like the Aztec warriors yeah. were all into into hummingbirds they like thought you know supposedly you know how history goes you never really know what to believe but supposedly in some script somewhere they thought that they would you know be reincarnated into hummingbirds or something i read that some wikipedia page um but anyway so so yeah i've, I've asked one of my graphic designers to 
to re reconceive yeah. what my Amazon guy could look like as a hummingbird. We'll see what happens. That's so cool. I love <laughs> All it. All right. So, so we're going to start taking PPC questions. If you have any advertising question, add it to the chat now. Um, we're going to, we're going to try and make it. So Michael has to drink lots of water. Uh, last time we did this, it, I mean, it was, it was brutal on his voice. Uh, you guys asked some really great questions. So with that, we're going to dive right on in. So again, I, I, advertising yeah. questions today. I could be very long winded. <laughs> You've got a lot to say. I've got a lot to say. Mark says, what would you do with keywords that are not converting well? And it's your main keyword describing the product. That might be a big problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, so that's really interesting. And, you know, it's the same kind of thing with um, an SEO strategy, I would say, too, where, you know, it's so, and I, I would guess, too, with Mark's question, I see this a lot where people are either brand new and they're like, okay, I'm selling running shoes. I'm going to bid on running shoes. And then they hit it and they're hit like, it's like hits them like a truck of just like how expensive this keyword is. The ACOS is through the roof. And it's the classic case of like head keywords versus tail keywords. Um, you know, the majority of vo search volume per keyword is going to happen on those head keywords. Um, so like running shoes may get searched a million times a month, but then like trail running shoes might get searched 500,000 times and like trail running shoes for men might get searched 250,000 times. Uh, and then trail running shoes for men, gray color might get searched 50,000 times a month. And that term will probably be less competitive, cheaper. Uh, and if it accurately describes your product, like exactly what it is, you'll generally see lower competition, better conversion rates potentially cheaper CPCs. And then you can use that almost like you're climbing up a, a mountain. You, you, you can use those lower volume, less competitive things as like a foothold, start there, maximize your traffic on that, and then work on the next one, work on the next one. So sort of scale up in difficulty over time. The other thing I would add to Michael's answer is maybe if it's not converting, the consumer is looking for something else. And what is it? Go do some A-B testing with your main photo. Go do some uh, competitive research and figure out, like, maybe there's a detail page edit change to make that word convert for you. Um, but I think uh, I think the cost of, of those main keywords, everything Michael said makes sense to me. All right, next question. How does product targeting campaigns help you rank? And I'm guessing rank organically is what they mean. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, so the old... You know, the, the current operating knowledge is if you're bidding on mason jars paid and you, you know, are getting five orders per month and then you bid on it more aggressively on mason jars and you get 50 orders per month, you should see some nudge in your organic ranking. Now, the question becomes, well, what about when I'm doing product targeting campaigns? I think everything on Amazon is, so the other thing I'll say too is like Amazon doesn't say this. So anything anyone says on the topic is like anecdotal at best. Um, so basically what I like, I think even when you think of keyword ranking, it you're sending a signal to Amazon that, Hey, put me in the, put me in the game coach. Like when I'm here, I convert well. So why wouldn't you want me to rank higher here organically too? Like I rank well for it. Uh, you know, using the same idea, if you're bidding on a keyword, 
uh, really aggressively and you're just not converting and like nobody is buying from you for a keyword, they use that as a signal that, hey, hey, like maybe you shouldn't even be here. So we're going to make it more expensive for you to get there. We're going to make it more difficult for you to rank there organically, almost like a negative signal. So my understanding of product targeting campaigns and how they help you rank is that it can help you naturally begin to appear for those positions uh generally like people buy from like those suggested things that could be helpful you're sending signals to amazon that says hey you know people found this product but now they're bought my product instead you're just continuing to send signals that i think downstream will eventually lead to some kind of impact uh but again it's not like keyword ranking i think we're just sending amazon signals that says i'm related to this product i actually convert really well instead of this product people like buying from me instead and that's a signal that can just boost your overall product strength like everywhere on amazon i think so uh there's an algorithm um update that happens from time to time on ranking and stuff like that and um, we know that ppc has diminished in ranking capacity um, but still very heavy-handed um, one of my own products was banned from advertising. It was it was at the time it got banned from advertising. It was right after Valentine's Day. It was ranked number one for the term wine glass. Ranked number one. Giant term, obviously. And after it got shut off from advertising, I watched my organic rank go. And I never got the product back from being banned from advertising. It was impossible. Do you know how much total sales moved because of that too? Like because you didn't oh, yeah. have any paid revenue? Oh, like 75% drop off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah. So you know, the in a situation you propped up the product which got the organic mm -hmm. um and, and and it was a a real world case to showcase like how that happens. Um and it's, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, what what affects it. But what stunk is it was my best seller and I you know, I have to look on to the next product, which happens to every Amazon seller, right? Like you can only do so much. I rode the wave for two years uh, and now I got to move on to my next product. I, um, I think I think one interesting thing that you just mentioned too, it's like, yes, you lost the paid sales, but you also lost like paid- Significantly portion. Paid reviews, like all the other things that come from paid, um, which I think is so interesting that like just bidding on the keyword isn't necessarily the point. It's like all of the other things that you get from those additional sales for bidding on the keyword. And when you lose that, you lose a lot. Yeah, and for those that are that are curious, here is the, uh, the item in question. Um, and so I still parented it with a bunch of other items and you know, I try and take advantage of it. I mean, it's a well-liked product. You got, mm -hmm. you know, five-star average from a 4.8 rounded up, which is great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this product died. We, we tried everything. We tried the title, the bullets, we redid the A plus contents and Such a bummer. Day, just having the word drinking on the glass did me in. Oh, so man. can't, ha can't have the word drinking in ads period. End of story. Let's go to the next question. We got, uh, go from, uh, Zachary, how to overcome restricted ads. I guess that's topical to our, <laughs> just our last soundbite here is uh yes is it a supplement in the weight loss category <laughs> it's the hardest category to not get banned in uh but my competitors to continue to run ads not fair should i strip down my listing to its bare essentials so i'll, I'll weigh in on this first and then toss it mm -hmm. to you michael uh from my experience weight loss products are impossible to unban from ads has that been your experience michael uh i don't have much experience with weight loss specific i have some thoughts on the topic but i don't have direct experience all right so fat burners um, are pretty much prohibited from ads. Uh, Zachary, if, if you want to report your competitors, I guarantee they'll eventually get taken down. 
It will not necessarily be a single report activity, though. You're going to have to work and milk that a little bit, unfortunately. Um, all right, so let's go to Dr. Cause. Hey, Michael, back in the day, Zach Franklin gave me a PPC nugget, set up the 30 cent auto campaign on all products. It's been killing it. My best campaign. Any smashing nuggets you have seen like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, if that's still going, let it ride uh, for sure. I've seen people like move away from that like low low bid auto and then like try to return it on and it like doesn't do the same thing again. So definitely let that ride. Um, any sm so I, I think the way that I generally operate on Amazon advertising, I'm, I'm always thinking in terms of like systems. So I think the most simple thing that I really like, uh, is just like what your bid should be. And I always think it's like revenue per click multiplied by target ACOS. Um, so like anytime you're looking at your campaigns and you're wondering where should this bid be or my ACOS is bad, I always think of like how much do I earn per keyword click and then where should my bid be if I want to spend that amount on paid. Um, so that's not that's not so much of a nugget, more like a general technique uh, that I always use to keep bids wrangled in. Principles are way better than nuggets. Yeah. Totally way better because they- I'm not a nugget guy. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like chicken nuggets and my kids love some dino nuggets, right? Like, um, so, but, but nonetheless principles, like the principle that Michael just taught here, this will still exist in three years. The nugget referenced by Zach Franklin may not work next year. So, yeah. so adopt principles. I, I see, I see a lot of people that um, grabbed a lot of nuggets and then like when things like change or shift or move, they're like hit with something. They like don't know what to do next, um, which can be frustrating for them because they need to like relearn those principles, even though they're spending a lot and they've already made a lot of progress and they have years of experience. But the principles uh, is, is what I primarily focus on. There's a lot of good books I'd also recommend. Um, so the one, this is the second time I've been reading Traction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody knows Traction. That one's a good one. I, I, I finished it a couple of days ago. Now I'm going back and rereading the vision chapter because mm -hmm. I just I feel like I just finished the 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 right people, right seats. And I'm like, yeah. OK, I'm I'm ready for number two. And it's really freaking hard to go through the system, the EOS system. Are you using um, any software to manage your EOS system? No. Would you, do you recommend one? Uh, we just use Google Docs and Google Sheets. Okay. I know some people use like dedicated tools. There's tools out there that will actually like bring up everything as the book traction describes it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sheeting it right now in Google as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, I, I put together a scorecard. I sat on it for two weeks, literally 30 minutes before I got on this broadcast. I kicked out one of my core values and I replaced it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, our core values is impatience, growth, tech savvy, strategic communication. And the one I kicked out was entrepreneurship and I added go the extra mile. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, now that I've chosen those, the next part is how do I measure them? Right. And that's the really freaking hard part. So, so like I've, I've been going through the, those motions. So like tech savvy, I think that's probably the easiest one to measure. Like, do you type 55 words per minute? Or are you a Google enthusiast, Excel guru? Can I train you one time and you're done? Like, I think that's easy to measure. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know how necessarily to put that in a scorecard per se. So it's still a little tricky. Uh, right? I, I was inspired by 
uh, a company called Scribe. They have their values online, uh, but they also have like values and then they have like principles underneath it. Yeah. And like the principles are like how the values come to life. And there's like examples of how it happens. So like you, you sort of listed some of those and some of them are like qualitative, right? Like, are you able to be trained once on something? Yeah, that, that part's a little harder. Mm -hmm. uh, th then the reason I kind of went into this diatribe is because uh, the word principle kind of triggered me because one of the recent books I also reread was Principles by Ray Dallow. And, and so I'm a big fan of a lot of his work. Um, and uh, so for, for speaking and teaching in principles, definitely a, definitely a technique I'd recommend. All right, so let's go to the next one. So we got Ahmed. I've been making a PPC funnel since year one, uh, but still there's a separate school of thought which says there's no such thing like duplication. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not sure I understand what what is meant by no such thing like duplication. So Ahmed, feel free to put some additional context and flavor behind that question. Are you talking about like duplicate campaigns? Do they compete with each other? Give us some flavor there. Uh, he also asked, "Is our if our CTR is less than 1% and conversion is above 10%, would it help rank us as poor CTR also deranks you? Your thoughts? I'd, I'd say uh, CTR above point, like less, if, if you even hit like four tenths of a percentage point on, on uh, click-through rate, you're doing fantastic mm -hmm. on Amazon, right? Like now 1% CTR has been like baseline e-commerce for, you know, a decade. But on Amazon, it's way different because there's just so many different things to click on. So I'd say, you know, four tenths is exceptional. Oh, three yeah. tenths is average. What yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah. Zero point three is average. So anything above that is you're doing great. Uh, I also think it's interesting to mention, too, that it's like any number that gets asked here is relative to this person's comp competition. So, Very much. you know. If 0 0.3 is the average on all of Amazon, that's great. But what if your competitor's average is 0 0.5 and then you're at 0 0.4 thinking you're above average, but actually you're slightly below average. So always viewing that as a moving target. And the, the thing I always try to say is like for some of these indirect metrics, like CPC is like a direct metric, you can change that. But for things that are indirect, like CTR and conversion rate, I always recommend people set a reminder periodically, once a quarter, what, are, what is your checklist of CTR boosting activities? What is your checklist of conversion rate boosting activities? Hit those once a quarter, try to always be improving that not so much like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm above 10. I'm good until it's not above 10. It's like, no, if you're at 12, next quarter, see if you can get it to 13%. Um, so, so three things come to my mind mm -hmm. to affect CTR. I'm curious what things you'll come up with. So, so main photo, number one thing, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and, and for those that haven't run a pick food test or an AB test on your main photo, highly recommend, right? Mm -hmm. Like it'll, I mean, like you can double your CTR if you have a bad photo and you go to a, an exceptional photo, it's like that big of a difference. Second thing I can think of is price. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, with the supply chain as big of a wreck as it is, it's kind of hard to go too low on that. Uh, and the third thing would be title. So which, anything else that can affect CTR from your experience? Yeah, I, I mean, those are the things, right? The the star rating, the price, the title, the picture. People will make snap judgments right from that. So absolutely, those things should be tested on a regular basis. Let's go to the next question. Uh, Mohammed says, do campaigns sh show different results in different zip codes? I've long thought this was the case. 
Like I've seen sponsored rank different in two zip codes, which zip code to consider? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll go even further. I believe that even if you're in the same zip code as somebody else, results can be slightly different. Uh, you know, Amazon has hundreds of software engineers working on their pages, trying to get more revenue out of everybody. So I believe that they're just running constant tests all over the place. So without a doubt, the thing that I'll say is it's generally relative. So for the purposes of like optimizing things, it's like pick a zip code, track it, watch it. And generally if it goes up in one zip code, it'll probably go up in other areas. So couldn't, couldn't agree more that it's likely different in different regions of the country. And I mean, I believe we already know this, you know, if something can be delivered faster to a particular person that will matter more in rankings, all of those things, they're trying to get us to buy. Um, so I would go as far to say they, they, they vary from the different people in the same zip code. Hell, I would even go to go as far to say they would probably vary for the same person with the same computer in the same house from like one week to the next, just to try to get them to shuffle up results and eventually get you to buy. Uh, so there's no doubt about that. Rotation personalization definitely has a big impact. Comming says, uh, how accurate are Amazon suggested bids? How to predict PPC bid costs during research mm -hmm. or launch? Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because uh, a lot of people I know, when they put together a proposal for a client, uh, what they do is they get the product, they search on some research keyword research tool, they get a big list of the search volume and the CPC, and then they approximate, well, if you were to get, you know, a 0.5% click through rate on all of these searches, if the searches are approximately this, this expensive, you'd end up paying this much. From all those clicks, you could approximate, well, maybe you have a 10% conversion rate. So you'd be spending this much to generate uh, this many in sales. I like that kind of analysis. Um, the problem with that is like, uh, you know, everyone has a plan until you get uh, punched, punched in the, in the face. face. Yeah. As uh, who said that? Was that Muhammad Ali? Okay. Oh, it might've been, might've been Ali. <laughs> who knows? I, it, I have no idea, but like that is very, very true. So I've seen those types of predictions be way off because again, you know, how accurate will that be your price to answer that first question? Probably not. Um, you know, I've seen suggested bids that were like $15. I've seen suggested bids that were way too small and like outside of reality. Um, so generally I don't abide by suggested bids. Um, and, and the nice thing about using ad badge, ad badger software, uh, Michael's not a salesman, so they'll test it for you. So if you haven't used ad badger software to try and figure out what bids you should have, they'll help you automate it. Mm -hmm. Definitely recommend them. We use them at my Amazon guy. Woo. Um, all right. Isaiah says, my COO asked me yesterday if we spent 20K in PPC for organic rank or 20K in influencers to drive external traffic to Amazon, what would help organic rank more? Ooh, that's so, such a, I, a good lo one. I love the question. And also, I love the fact that they're thinking this way. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, I just want to like bask in how good this question is. Uh, <laughs> and it's not even the question itself. It's just, I bet this organization is really good. Cutting like, edge. The, the fact that they're even thinking like that is so sharp and keen. Being able to ask that question of like, hey, where should I be spending my money to help my overall Amazon business grow, I think is really valuable. Um, 
the thing I would say is if I was consulting this company, I'd probably say, let's have a ads budget that we want to spend on Amazon ads. Maybe it's 10% of our total Amazon revenue hit and spend that. The next thing I would say is does outside traffic to Amazon help with organic ranking big time? Um, you know, Amazon doesn't explicitly say these things, but I've seen reports that outside traffic to your Amazon products is actually a bigger organic ranking factor than on Amazon PPC. Um, so I wouldn't say, uh, yes, you should be running ads, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm assuming this question is asking, you're already running ads. We want to spend another 20K more. If you're already running ads, hopefully you're spending you know, a good healthy amount of your total Amazon revenue. And then if you wanted to add another 20K and you weren't doing this, I think it'd be really exciting to do the external traffic. The other thing I would add to this, I would say it would take you less effort to dump it into PPC. Yeah. It would take you a lot of effort to build out that influencer program. But if the influencer program is done correctly, it probably would have a larger splash effect. And that's because external traffic is the future. PBC costs have gone up, what, 30% this year? Something like that, Michael? Uh, 30% this year, 50% year over year. So it like shot up in 2021. It's, it's ridiculously high. Um, which is weird because supply chain is so messed up right now. It's like, you know, where, where's the pressure coming from it? You know, is it the Amazon aggregators dumping in financial money? It might be because, because it doesn't feel like there's more competition. It just feels like the competition is steeper, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Amazon's nudging up CPCs slightly. And it could be that Amazon wants to make more money. That could be it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think that question is so fascinating. Send an affiliate link to the book I'm reading. I'll, I'll see what I can do on that. Um, Mohammed says, addition to Dr. Khan's question, should we add similar products in catch-all campaigns for 30 cents or different products that can be added in the same campaign? A little peculiar wording here. Do you understand what mm -hmm. he's saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we add similar products to catch-all campaigns for 30 cents? Yes. Or Easy question. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I'm generating a sale from one keyword from an exact match type and I target a same keyword in phrase match type without negative exact in phrase, would it hurt my ranking on that keyword if I don't get a sale? You know, I, I know a lot of people that are very hesitant to do that negative exact step um, because they don't want to send Amazon a signal that like they don't want to appear for it. Uh, I don't believe that to be true. No, I don't either. Yeah, I think it's safe. I like techniques are logical in basis. You know, you're not going to get burned by them. Plus, you could always test it and find out, see what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm running manual exact keyword campaigns, should I put those keywords into negative in my auto campaigns? Great question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, phenomenal question. So, again, uh, you know, many, many years ago, I called this strategy. RPSB, Research Peel Stick and Block, because I'm long-winded and I couldn't come up with a good name <laughs> for it. I've since started calling it like search term graduation or search term isolation, where basically you say, okay, in my auto campaign, I have this great search term. I want to graduate it and then isolate it. So, you know, you're in your auto campaign, you notice that, you know, 
red tennis balls is converting really well. You peel that out, you stick it into a manual exact match, you bid what the keyword is worth in the manual exact match. Should you negative them in the automatic campaign? Uh, so when we built Ad Badger's tool that does this, we have the option that says, would you like to negative it in the source in that auto campaign? And people can choose to select it or not. It's like a 50-50 split. Uh, people are nervous to block it. Uh, I, you know, I've seen times where the exact match version is more expensive than we were getting it in the automatic campaign. I've seen uh, a trend on that. Yeah. So does Amazon make the exact ASIN targeting or the exact match slightly more expensive? And this is why I believe like Amazon is like nudging bids. Like it shouldn't be that the exact match is more expensive than what it was when it was in the auto. And it shouldn't be that the ASIN target is more expensive when you target just the ASIN than it was in the auto. However, lo and behold, a lot of times it is, uh, which is really frustrating. However, I personally still block it from the auto because I believe the benefits outweigh any potential cons. Like being able to bid exactly what it's worth, I think is nice. Uh, knowing where your search terms are being funneled into, I think is nice. Um, knowing exactly what that keyword's performance is for that particular product, I think is really good. And when you repeat this process a hundred times, a thousand times, what you get is a really, really tight campaign, a uh, tight set of campaigns, which I think has massive benefit as opposed to a more wild automatic campaign. So this this might be the first time where I have a slightly different opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But what's nice is that in Ad Badger we get to select it, right? So if an auto campaign is working, I don't mess with it. Bottom line, right? Like I won't I won't negate a keyword that works on an auto. I will, however, negate the hell out of bad keywords on my auto, mm -hmm. right? And and so like if I'm selling this beer glass here and I have the word unbreakable showing up in my keyword results, I'm going to negate that bad puppy immediately. But if, but if I've got a good keyword like funny beer glass showing up and it works in an auto and it also works in a manual, I'm going to keep both. I, I like I like me myself some sales. I'll take them wherever I can get them. Um, William says, hi, just got here. If my question has been asked before, just skip it. What is the best time frame to look back when optimizing? Mm -hmm. So because you use the word the best time frame, I'll give you the best answer. Um, so the best way to analyze something for time frame analysis is to actually use multiple time frames. See how it's because that will clue you in to some trend analysis. So if you are looking at a keyword and you're looking at seven days, 14 days, 30 days, 60 day a type analysis, you're able to see you know, hey, is this on an upswing? Should I be bidding more aggressively here? Should I be capitalizing on this added traffic that's coming in in the last seven days that I didn't have 60 days ago? That could be really cool and actually like save you, if you're only looking at it on a 30-day time frame. it could potentially save you weeks from either lowering it or increasing it to what it should be. So a perfect example is if you're looking at it on a 30-day time frame, but in the last seven days, it is just dive bombing, on the 30-day time frame, it might look pretty good. So you might be bidding more than the keyword is actually worth today at this moment. Whereas if you're able to compare the seven-day and the 30-day time frame, you're able to see like, hey, this keyword's dive bombing. If I'm using data from 60 days ago or 30 days ago, I might be overpaying for this keyword and then have three more weeks of high A costs for this keyword because I was only looking at the 30-day time frame. So 
multiple timeframes is best. However, I know that in practicality, uh, people are maybe optimizing in the ad manager inside Amazon themselves. So the answer there is 30. Um, but of course, if you, you want to be cautious of the things that I just mentioned. And, and one of the things I, I'll follow up on the question with this one on Michael. So, so should I be making aggressive changes based on my 30 days or should I be making moderate, more routine changes? What, what would be better? Um, so I believe the best way to update bids are tiny changes more frequently. Um, so the way that we do it at ad badger is like, you know, one day goes by. So we're going to change bids like a few percentage points. Like we're probably going to change it anywhere between one and three points, one and one to 3% of what it was yesterday. So tiny changes over time, uh, people that are optimizing manually or in bulk sheets, if you're optimizing once a week, think of it this way, you know, you're looking at a 30 day time frame. a week goes by it's Thursday, it's bid optimization day. You just have it's a bit optimization. Yeah. Day. Uh, <laughs> I had my, had my sweetie puffs this morning. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so one week went by. So that's about one more week of data. So if you think about that, you just gained, you know, 25% more data, you know, four weeks in a month, another week's worth of data, you just gained some more data. Um, so you'd want to limit a bid change based off how much additional data you got. Um, so generally, I'm not a fan of big swings when it comes to bid changes. Uh, I like tinier changes more frequently. Uh, however, if you're only optimizing bids like once a week, I'd probably say your biggest bid change should be you know 20% of what it was previously. 20%, all right. And if you, and if you do more than 20%, Amazon might you know, slap your wrist. All right. Ahmed says one keyword being targeted in exact similar keyword being targeted at phrase with negative on the exact and in broad match negative phrase in this way do we make the funnel in order to save ourselves from keyword duplication. Why that? So now we got the duplication question a little bit more. Yeah. Obscure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny at ad badger. We got a lot, uh, we're building it this summer. We got a lot of requests for a duplicate, keyword duplicate search term finder. Uh, and all it will be is a report that shows you the same search term or the same keyword and all the places where it is and what the performance is in all these different places so that people can go and isolate where that search term is doing the absolute best. Um, so I do think that is worth it because uh, you might have the same search term with you know, two different products, it applies to two different products, and it does way better with product B than product A. You'd want to isolate that search term to the very best performing uh, product. So that makes sense. So being aware of this keyword or search term duplication is helpful uh, because it, allow, it can allow you to funnel performance towards where it's behaving the best. In general, it's not a big deal if you have the same keyword in multiple places or the same search term in multiple places. It becomes a big deal when you know it's doing way better in one spot than the other. Uh, so, is this the way we make the funnel in order to save ourselves? So, uh, the thing that I would say is like save yourself from what exactly uh, keyword or search term duplication isn't a big deal uh, unless it's the same search term in two different places and it's doing way better in one spot and you don't realize right away. Question coming in from member from Matt, re-Ad Badger. If I manage several accounts, can I connect them all to Ad Badger software? And what would be the cost for monthly or percentage of ad spend? Uh, yeah, we 
you know, when thinking of, I'll just give some strategic thoughts around this, uh, as well as the answer. When we were coming up with the pricing for Ad Badger, we didn't want it to feel like a tax, like simply the, you know, you go into, you know, your one of your clients has a good month and like you have to pay more because of it. So we have like buckets of ad spend. So you can like move in the bucket without paying more. And then like once you move into the next bucket, uh, we have a grace period in there. So we've thought a lot about like making sure the pricing is agency friendly. Uh, as well as like just generally ad spend and growth friendly. Um, but yes, if you manage several accounts, you can connect them all to AdBadger. And we bill based off like the bucket of ad spend, not the amount of clients. Because You can have like five clients or 50 clients, but if they all spend the same, you'll end up paying the same. And at my Amazon guy, we have 160 accounts and we tried to jam them all into AdBadger Every- at the same time and put... <laughs> We put Michael on his toes on that day. Hey, but it's way, It's you know what? It's good to stress test it. And I think a lot of good things came from it. It's like pretty zippy. It's way faster now than it was when you first signed up <laughs> because you came and it was like, you know, normally we have a couple accounts connect every day and like, boom, 200. My, like, my okay. Amazon guy way. <laughs> Just yeah, go. It was a lot. All right. William says, I have been trying to rank my product for several keywords for a very long time now. Nothing seems to work. Even when I had many sales for those keywords on my campaigns, any tips on this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my answer today in summer 2021 would be to look, I first want to verify that we're bidding properly and the campaign structure is all good. I almost think of like PPC should be a constant very like that's like always accounted for so like my PPC, we should always be able to say like my ppc is dialed in because i'm following all these principles once those things are set i would then say today in summer 2021 let's take a look at all those other organic ranking factors as well uh next question i've been thinking about using google ads for my listings in amazon does it work any advice oh amazon wants you to do this so definitely, um, you know, what's so funny, uh, I've seen people run like Facebook ads, uh, or even Google ads to an Amazon listing. And when they first write the ad, they don't explicitly say like the person's going to Amazon. Uh, it's more, uh, like in a, in a Facebook ad because it's visual, like smack the Amazon logo on there, let people know they're going to Amazon they notice like massive click-through rate improvements, just like letting the searcher know like, hey, you're gonna come, you're gonna land on Amazon, a site that you trust. Uh, and I think that works really well. You can't uh, use the word Amazon in Google ads though. That's what stinks, uh, it really stinks. Yeah, um, so, so I, I, what I was just referring to was that was the Facebook ad. But, but, um, but it totally works on Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get you. It works in the images, but like you can't yeah. actually use the word Amazon in the, in the text. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think running external ads makes a lot of sense. You know, the yeah. larger that my Amazon guy has gotten, we've had to be more narrow on our service offering so that we're a 10 out of 10. We no longer offer um, any new clients into Google or Facebook. We do recommend it. But in this day and age, you're going to probably need to get multiple agencies, multiple partners to run all these different strategies. Um, and we're we're a single one-stop shop for everything from PPC, SEO, design, catalog management, but everything is always within Seller Central. Nothing, nothing external to that platform. No, no Google, no Facebook. So, um, yeah, I think you should do it. Uh, but the problem I think that I have personally is that its attribution program is untrustworthy uh, and very difficult to make sure it's working correctly. So you you'll find that your dollars will go better within the Amazon platform. 
The one, th one thing I see people do is they will send traffic to a landing page that they own uh, and capture people's emails. And then once they get an email for whatever reason, and you know, they can, it's your landing page, you can do whatever you want on it, then, then send people over to Amazon after that. So you're almost doing some lead generation, building your email list and then sending them on to Amazon. Um, and I, I know at some point people were doing like coupon attribution, like enter your email on yep. this landing page for a coupon. And that was their way of tracking it. The only downside is it will have your conversion rate and then some. Mm -hmm. So you're going to pay more, but you do get the longevity of the marketing yeah. capacity. So you got to measure it differently. Yeah. Hey, one question for you, yeah. Stephen. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, I've always believed that Amazon looks at conversion rates of different traffic sources differently. Um, so if you were I, to send I, Facebook, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. So if you were to send Facebook ads or Google ads traffic, yes, it converts not as well as your normal Amazon traffic, but Amazon still likes the fact that you're sending off Amazon traffic, even though it doesn't convert as well. I think they view it as like their global domination plan that like they're basically like taking a sale away from Shopify. Get off the rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I've been I've been making jokes about how he's trying to get off the rock for a year and then well, now he has. Jeff Bezos got off the rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's do go. They have, do they have prime shipping to the moon? Prime shipping to the moon. Two days. <laughs> only in two days. Um, re at uh, let's see. Did I, I think I, I did that you one? You got already. this one. Yeah. Um Soleil says. What's your take for a strategy to start working with very low PPC, make little increments? Since I've noticed that sometimes you improve a lot your ACOS, I'm concerned about losing sales. So diminishing returns as you make some of these changes, you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay less, but you're also gonna get less sales, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what, what's your take, Michael? Yeah, uh, this is the, the constant struggle, right? And I think, you know, profitability comes into play and it's all a matter of, knowing what your business's own metrics are. So how much of your total Amazon revenue do you want to spend on ads? And then from that, how do you make sure that that ad spend is most effectively distributed in your ad campaigns? Um, so I would probably say the best way to eke out better performance, like if you feel like, oh man, uh, I'm stuck, I could like reduce my spend, but I might lose some sales. What I like to start doing at that stage of the game is start looking at like total ACoS per product. Um, because what you might find is that while your total ACoS for your entire account is 10%, you might have one product whose total ACoS is like 40% and another product's total ACoS is like 5%. Rearranging the ad spend so that you can get more aggressive on that one that's not spending enough and get a little less aggressive and more profitable on that product uh, that is overspending, I feel like is a really nice spot these days where I'm finding a lot of efficiencies. That's probably like the hottest thing that we're doing now where people will come to us and they'll be like, hey, if my ads feel expensive, even though I'm at like my 10% total ACoS, the best thing that we're doing then is like going into to a per product total ACoS and eking out the underperforming ones, the ones that aren't spending enough, and taking spend from the ones that are way over the individual products total ACoS. We've had a lot of fun doing that lately. I, I feel like that could be a ballad, maybe one of those guitars behind you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, you're eking out the ACoS. Yeah. The ballad. <laughs> yeah. Andrew says, I've been seeing both of your posts for job positions. What are the minimum requirements that you have for PPC positions? 
What courses should someone take to get a PPC position without years of experience? Mm. Go ahead, Michael. Oh yeah, good stuff. Um, so we actually have two episodes on our podcast. Uh, the first one is how to be a great client. And the second one, is, <laughs> the second one is how to be a great PPC manager. And we list a whole bunch of different attributes that I know that we look for when we're hiring a PPC manager. And I do, so there's, there's a lot of qualities that are sort of like soft skills that you can really hammer on and display when you're applying to these positions that I think the hiring manager if they have a rubric, we'll be looking for. Um, so what are the minimum requirements you have for PPC positions? Uh, experience is great. Um, being a great communicator is really, really good. Uh, but in terms of what courses should you take to get a PPC experience without years of experience? Um, I've, I've never once interviewed a candidate that didn't have um, and then said, hey, I'm going to hire you for a PPC role without experience. Yeah. It's, the, the courseworks are insufficient, guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, the, 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 cor the courses are insufficient. You really need to get behind a campaign and that becomes really impressive. So like, honestly, if somebody's resume, like <laughs> this is an extreme example, but if their resume said, I've been, I, I currently manage 15 PPC campaigns. The average spend on all of them is like $25,000 a month. Uh, here's the ACOS performance for everyone. Here's a list of strategies that I use to deploy it. Like that's yeah, so impressive. That that's yeah. so impressive as opposed to look at all these courses I've taken. I was just talking to somebody. I was, you know, they listed 15 courses. I was like, Oh, what did you learn from that course? And their response was, Oh, I, um, that I took, I took that so long ago. I don't remember. I'm like, <laughs> then why list it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and Andrew, best, best advice I'll give you today, go do some free work. Free work. Find, find somebody who has a, an account and tell them, look, I want to, I want to break into Amazon PPC. I will do free work. You tell me the targets and I will go get it done for you. You're hiring me for free. So the, the mistakes that I will cost you won't cost you in the form of a salary. They'll cost you in the form of me messing up a few campaigns because you will. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's what you ought to do. Uh, and and yes, we, we you know us particularly, we're looking for people that have managed at least thirty thousand in a monthly PPC spend. We've we've recently raised the bar. Um, we're continually looking for higher and higher talent. So again, if you want to apply to my Amazon guy, send an email to jobs at myamazonguy.com. Michael, who should they go to? Where should they go if they want to apply to you? Uh, Adbadger.com/careers. Um, and by the way, those quick, I just pulled it up, the 10, the 10 qualities that we look for uh, in PPC managers, um, reliability, demonstrating that you're always learning, uh, demonstrating that you're part of a community where you... I'm not surprised you led with reliability. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dem demonstrated that you have a PPC support system of people that you go to and you talk with. Uh, strategic, they're able to take... Uh, a concept and weave it into a strategy. Uh, good planners, great communicators, technical greatness, just comfortable with spreadsheets, tools, uh, ethical, uh, and really aware that, you know, a great PPC manager isn't just following a formula, but they're really demonstrating strategic insight. Like, how do I take an account and push it forward and like really be thinking about it? 
those are those are things. So those are all the soft things that we look for. And you know what? At one point in time, I was a huge advocate of, of like, hey, if somebody's really hungry, they don't have PPC experience, I want to train that person because I love teaching. But I would say it's pretty competitive now to get a PPC position. Um, so like we haven't had to do that. We've been able to get applicants with good uh, experience. Um, all right, let's go to the next PPC question. We've got to bring Michael back here. Uh, I think we're on Andrew's question. Nope, next one. Ahmed again. Targeting a keyword in one campaign in exact match type with placement modifier, TOS 100%, and targeting the same keyword in a different campaign with product page, 100%. What is the right approach? Mm -hmm. I'll give a quick answer and toss it to you, Michael. Uh, I would not up any bids for product pages ever. Uh, there might be like a random weird unicorn black swan event where you would do it, but I would not. Michael, go ahead. Uh, you know, when it comes to top of search placement modifiers just or product page modifiers, uh, just pay what they're worth. Um, so, you know, bidding is always a reactive act typically you look at what it's doing and then you make a, a bid or in this case a placement modifier based off what the performance is so uh it, should, it, it, would, would you say campaign setup is the proactive part of ppc or what would you say is proactive oh yeah yeah yeah, exactly because like i'm setting it up um then i'm yeah yeah so so that's a good example so like you set your bid based off the performance and the conversion rate of a particular keyword, but then you are a proactive activity would be like, I'm setting up my campaigns in a way to, to do something in particular. Um, so I want to rank really highly for, you know, top of search. I'm going to peel that keyword out, turn it into a single keyword campaign. Um, so single, so the best way to do this would be to do single keyword campaigns. We recommend single keyword campaigns for, keywords that have a lot of data where you have enough data to know what the placement modifiers should be for both product pages and placement bid settings. I would, you know, I would say the spirit of this question is really good because you're basically saying, you know, Hey, I'm going to, because it doesn't always align. Rest of search isn't always worse. Product pages doesn't always land in the middle. Top of search isn't always best. So when you bump into situations where that is the case, separating them two into two separate campaigns so that you can do a specific thing for each makes sense. Um, but this seems like overkill. I there, I yeah, I wouldn't do it. There's so many keyword isolation strategies you can run though. Always test. Hi guys, how do we operate in a product category with a high PPC bid and low average selling price? I don't know if you do. Um, you, you know, I uh, I was reading uh, uh, something on like software pricing strategy. And I remember it said like, you can be a general product and be cheap. So like MailChimp starts for free. Uh, you know, Helium 10, every Amazon seller can use it. I think the pricing starts at like 30 bucks. Um, but if you're a niche tool and you're cheap, you're in for a world of dead, pain. Dead in the water. Yeah. Because um, it's like very specific. It cannot apply to everybody. It only applies to a certain group of people. And if you're too cheap, it's the wrong pricing model. So it, it like doesn't compute. Generally, PPC bids are a matchup with what the LTV and the average order value is for those things. So if the PPC bids are high, that can mean 
that other companies are able to survive there. I would check brand analytics and see what see you know see about see what you can learn of the top sellers conversion share. My guess is with this situation if you were to like type in a keyword like it's heavily dominated maybe by the first three players, like their conversion conversion share might be astronomically high, making it very difficult for you to bid similar to what they're bidding, but they're like scooping up fit the first position might be scooping up 40% of all the conversions. Um, we're, we're entering our lightning round time. So this is 30 seconds per question to get as many of them in as we can. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. How do we operate in a product? Oh, did that one. What do you think the chances are for a new Amazon PPC agency on the market? Okay, 30 seconds only. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I always think there's demand for good work. I, I think high chance probability, uh, it's the easiest agency to start. It's also the most competitive, um, but, uh, but yeah, there's room. JC um, says, hey guys, yeah. any suggestion for brands who offer high quality premium offerings into categories filled low cost, low quality products? That's a hard one. For high quality product, uh, yeah, that's 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 rough to even compute the question. Oh, I'd probably I probably might say uh, it might be easier off of Amazon. The higher the quality of the product, the less likely it's going to do well on Amazon. Typically, it's harder to to get the high quality luxury products going. Bill says our two month old auto campaign has multiple one or two click search terms with no conversions. Should we negate these, or what are the prime parameters for negative keywords? A term. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it depends on what stage of the game you are at. If your ACoS is like through the roof and you want to get really aggressive with cleaning up your search terms and you're just plagued by all of these, then like, yeah, it might be time to go in and see if there's any negative phrases you could add, like any commonalities. Uh, it's something called N-gram analysis or like keyword density analysis because you might find one term. Just, just, just to translate your technical yeah. speak down. So is that where like I take... A, a root word that could show up in multiple ways. Yes. Okay. I, but I did like your technical analysis. I just wanted to make sure I understood it. Yeah. Yeah. So like try to find those root words and like smack some negative phrases in there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that makes sense. When viewing PPC data, is there an advantage extracting to a spreadsheet versus viewing it within the advertising website? I've heard people say Amazon data is delayed versus the advertising reports. Uh, I haven't checked this in a while, but the data that comes from Amazon's advertising like website versus the data that comes out of their reports are different. Um, the so that's worth saying. In terms of like, are you going to be better off looking at it in a in a downloadable report versus the console? It's so microscopic. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much in terms of like data accuracy. If you're getting really technical, go to the spreadsheet for macros. I'm applying for a PPC manager at AdBadger. For a year, I've been following and applying your strategies. Awesome results. Managing account of ad spend of 51,000. Thanks, man. No question there, but... <laughs> uh, can, can I go back to that? Yeah, go. You got to capitalize that word, I. And you know, you got, if, you're applying, if you're applying for a position, you got to have good... Like, this, this attention, matters. Attention to details. All right. Uh, I have a product with color variations. Should I run campaigns for all the variations or just the most converted ace? Great question. Great question. Uh, so I think to start, and again, it depends on what the mode the business is in. Uh, if you can, I would run it for everything. And then over time, like I hear stories of people that, you know, stop running um, 
it on particular variations like sizing is a very one to not run ads for every single maybe you don't need ads on the xxxl shirt um, i agree with that so you know if you're finding that one variation just really isn't behaving properly in ppc yeah you could you know put it separate it into its own campaign give it a smaller budget give, give it somewhere else is amazon automation a scam loaded question uh i don't think it's uh i have reason to believe no so no it's not a scam but i have reason to believe that it's not as accurate as it should be uh, that's that's a fair answer edge electrical says how much do you guys roughly pay per ppc manager if you don't mind answering yeah i mean it's on our website so i wouldn't mind answering at all uh we want uh so it depends if our ppc managers are interfacing with clients and talented ppc managers we think that's a really sure. powerful skill um, so if like you're just optimizing campaigns and you're not able to communicate with clients, which is a completely different skill set, but for having both of those skills, uh, we generally pay like 70,000 with bonus opportunity up to like almost a hundred for great, great opportunities. Managers. They're a good field to be in. If you're going to have a kid go to college right now, they can't learn these skills that we require. They'd be better off selling on Amazon, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I won't go into my college degree worthless charade. Um, <laughs> I've noticed the same video ad isn't ranking keywords as well as exact keyword campaigns, even if the video makes more sales. Have you experienced this? I actually have myself, but go. I've noticed the video, uh, yes, I too, I've seen this, yes, where the key isn't ranking the exact amount of campaign, even though it makes more sales. Oh yeah, I think that makes sense. Because the PPC isn't the only factor in organic ranking. It's possible you could be maybe hurting somewhere else um, or you just need more juice on it. So that's all the time we have for questions today. This is Michael Erickson uh, with Ad Badger. Fantastic Q&A session. I will bring you back anytime you want. I just think it's so fun to get the PPC tech speak going. Um, <laughs> I will be on your podcast coming up here pretty soon, won't I? We got a plan. I the So we did a four pack of episodes on our podcast. PPC I, I've Den never podcast. gotten so much good feedback than those SEO podcasts we did. If, if you if you guys are listening to this and you liked what you heard today, wait till you hear the SEO podcast, right? For like sure. just, just type in my Amazon guy, ad badger SEO, you'll find them. It's so good. Yeah, Stephen Pope, PPC Den podcast, that'll pop up. We did a four pack and it was so amazing. Um, so I think we do pretty amazing stuff together. So I'm excited to see what else we can come up with. Um, thank you for joining us on the My Amazon Guy podcast. Tomorrow, I'm going solo. Ask Ooh. me any Amazon question, noon, Eastern Standard Time. Come on by, and you can get more, more of me if you want it. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.